0: Hi, welcome to the Not Your Average Life Coach podcast. My name is Kay Wilson and I'm a self-empowerment coach and intuitive energy healer. And I am obsessed with helping you step into the most powerful version of yourself. If you are ready to overcome your self-doubt, transform your relationship with love, money, and self-worth and start creating the future you that you have always dreamed of becoming, you're in the right place. My desire with this podcast is to help you transform the relationship you have with yourself by sharing with you tools and perspectives that will help you actualize the life you have dreamed of creating. Treat this podcast as your own personal treasure trove of rich ideas, practices and teachings that will transform your day-to-day experience. Joining me is the magnificent Kaz, who, as a client of mine, has experienced firsthand the effect empowerment energy work and mindset reframing can have on your life.
1: Hi guys, I first came to K a few years ago. And at the time, I needed to make some serious changes in my life. I had just come out of a bad relationship. I was managing a business with a team of over 150 people, and I needed to make some changes that I didn't have the tools or capacity for. Working with Kay has been the catalyst I've needed. Since meeting Kay, my whole world has opened up personally, professionally, and emotionally. I'm now happily married with a new perspective on life, And I'm excited to see what she can do for you.
0: Today, we are going to talk about why your partner should never be your other half. And the reason that I love talking to this subject is because it's something that affects all of us. Our relationships are integral to our experience. And obviously, the one that we have with our partner is the one that has the deepest and most profound effect on our day-to-day experience. And dealing with my clients, and even Kaz, you'll know we've worked in the relationship territory. It's about really recognizing how valuable you are, actually, most of the time. And I feel that as a society, we have a really kind of misconstrued idea of how to show up in a relationship in a powerful way without depleting it. Today, we're going to really examine what it is to be in a relationship from a perspective of really knowing and valuing yourself so that you don't feel this need at all. Neediness needs to kind of leave the picture so that you can show up in a relationship whole and recognize that the person you're with is the icing on the cake,
1: not the other half of you. I think it's an interesting topic because a lot of the time we hear people say that this person completes me or I'm defined by the relationships that I have with other people. So when you're talking about your partner should never be your other half, I guess that's what we're going to talk about today is that you shouldn't be defined by someone else.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, we've all been single and I know I remember one time in particular that really was very challenging for me. And that was when my brother got married and he was a bit younger than me, only a year and a half younger than me. But I think I spent most of the wedding day being talked to by the older people there who kept coming up to me because I was single at the time saying, don't worry, love, your turn is coming. I'm sure there's the right one out there for you. Honestly, (laughs) it was brutal. And what really got my goat was this belief that I wasn't enough as I was. And that my life clearly wasn't good enough without a partner. And that always sat with me because even now I'm happily married of like 11 years. Well, together with someone for 11 years, married for five. I, you know, I profoundly understand and have had it reinforced continually through my relationship that it's actually what I bring to the table as an individual Uh, in full recognition of who I am and how I show up that makes the relationship work. It's not what I need from him or what he gives or brings to the relationship that creates the relationship. It's me showing up fully whole, fully appreciative of who I am that actually allows him to do the same and as a unit we just walk side by side.
1: I think the problem though is when when you do get comments like don't worry, your time will come, you will meet someone, he's out there and we've all heard those comments and there's nothing worse than hearing that comment at a wedding, let alone anywhere else. <laughs> but that that sends a signal to people that you're not enough as you are and I think that's the part that we talked about that you feel is quite disempowering. Yeah. So. Absolutely. The topic of they complete me, why is it so disempowering to our sense of being?
0: I think that, you know, when that's continually the narrative that is not only reinforced, you know, in your social circles, but by media, in movies, you know, there are some really beautiful movies out there, but they're centred around the, the single person feeling, you know, completely at a loss because they don't have a partner to complete them essentially and I think it just creates this real kind of neediness energy because essentially each of us wants to be accepted each of us wants to be um part of the group so to speak and when the cultural dynamic is very much centered around well you've got to have these things to fit in and you feel that you're missing something on that list it means that you're inevitably going to feel like you're failing at something. Mm -hmm. And and I think this is where, as a society, we've got things really squiffy because we're consistently focused on specific ideals that we try to squeeze ourselves into, as opposed to recognising that as individuals, if we're more able to focus on who we are and how unique and special and valuable we are as individuals then we are suddenly able to see ourselves from a perspective of wow this is actually a really beautiful experience just being me and i am a real asset to the people that are around me and whatever partner comes into my life is going to have to really level up to that and meet me because this is who i am and i actually value who i am And when we start to come at things from that perspective, I remember you and I having this conversation, you know, before you started kind of delving back into the dating world, post your ex relationship. Totally. Shifting your perspective from, you're not going to show up at those dates with a perspective of, oh, you know, I need to be good enough for them to like me. It's, I'm amazing. What are you going to bring to the table?
1: Totally. Do you know, so many times we go into those dates whether it's online dating or just dating in general. And we think, is this person going to find me attractive? Is this person going to think I'm funny? Is this person going to think I'm smart? And it's all about what do they think about me? And when you let go of that and you realise I'm actually great and there's going to be a situation where I rock up and I don't like you for whatever reason, That is so, that changes the whole game. I think you need to be really clear about what it is that you want going into dating and really clear about who you are as a person. And you'll get a whole different um, response.
0: If you have sat down and taken the time to look at yourself from a position of, what do I value about myself? Because we're really good at finding fault. And so actually looking at the other side of the coin, which is starting to look for things to celebrate about who you are and appreciate about who you are, can really slow, like gently start to help you shift that perspective and recognize that you are, as I said before, valuable. And what that does is it changes your energy. Mm. It moves your energy from a place of neediness, of scarcity, to a place of, abundance, enoughness. You know, as soon as you start to recognize who you are, your energy moves into a place of wholeness because you're starting to appreciate yourself. And as we dive into in other episodes around law of attraction and manifestation, what we are feeling and experiencing is what we attract. So law of attraction is always going to bring us experiences that reflect what we're already feeling. So if you're going into a date with a sense of, oh my goodness, this guy or girl looks amazing. I don't know if I'm going to be good enough. I'm really punching above my weight. And that's your mentality. Your energy is coming from a place of I'm not good enough, which is scarcity. So what you're going to experience is a a date that reflects those feelings. You're going to feel on your back foot. You're going to feel anxious, nervous, uncomfortable. Whereas if you're approaching the whole perspective from I'm enough, I'm super fun. I'm really attractive. I'm a beautiful person. And this person's lucky to have my half an hour for a coffee so I can check them out. Then you're coming from a very different place. You're showing up from a place of wholeness. You're showing up from a place of this is just going to be fun. I've got nothing to lose. Why not rock up, meet a new person, make a new friend, potentially just have fun and see if something connects. Then your energy is light, fun, abundant. It's in a really high flying place. So it's really, as you said, like being aware of what you're taking into the experience is crucial to the nature of the experience that you're going to have. So, yeah, the whole, these people are my other half or they complete me. I find those kind of statements super disempowering. And just concepts that are not going to really lift us up.
1: Um, And that doesn't mean you can't be with someone who does complete you in a way that's that's loving and wholesome and adds to your life. I guess what you mean is if if you're um, defined by someone else.
0: Yeah, I think the concept of being complete is something, as I touched on earlier, is something that we all inherently strive for. But I think we confuse it with what we own, what we do, and who we're with. And these aspects are not who we as individuals are. They are prefer- they're reflections of our preferences, yes. But if we allow ourselves to be judged by those things, then we're always going to be in a vulnerable situation. But if we're always coming from a place of, well, I'm me, I rock, I'm having a great time, I love what I do for a living, I love my partner, they're epic, they have so much to offer me, and they make my life even better, they're the icing on the cake. You're always going to come from a strong place. Outside things aren't going to rock you. So it's just about being really clear about how you want to show up in a relationship. And I know what you're saying, because I actually learned this the hard way. (laughs) I used to be really jealous, really insecure, really convinced that my partner needed to show up in very specific ways in order for my relationship to be good. And I would get really angry with him if he wasn't contributing enough, if he wasn't, um, you know, saying the right things to me or behaving in certain ways. And, And I would blame him. For our shoddy relationship because I felt that he wasn't bringing to the table what I needed yeah and so anytime we're in a state of needing something we know that we're really not showing up for ourselves and it actually took me I had to break up with him because I was so convinced that he was letting me down and ruining this jeopardizing this relationship in order for me to get some time and space away to recognize that oh actually this was a really great relationship but I was really convinced that I wasn't worthy of him and that's actually what was sabotaging the relationship
1: is that what was creating the needy behavior
0: 100% because I needed him to behave in certain ways in order to make me feel good
1: so there's no way he could have fixed that then exactly yeah
0: impossible so it was all on me. But I had to break everything up, throw tons of grenades around, leave. I actually went to Burning Man. <laughs> like, did, you know, got a very new perspective on myself. That's yeah. what happened. And I went away. I had a great time. And I'm like, hold on a minute. I'm the common denominator here. This is all happening to me. And the interesting thing was, I observed a lot of other relationships whilst I was on like away from my partner and recognized wow I actually had a really good relationship with my partner I was just consistently finding fault with him because I wasn't happy and I was insecure and I thought he would leave me yeah and it was only when I had the space and was able to see myself in a new light that I could then go back and go oh I'm amazing and you're pretty good too so actually let's have another crack at this but the relationship's going to look really different. And now that man is my husband. Wow. The relationship is very different because I'm not giving my power to him anymore. I don't want him to complete me. I don't need him to do that for me anymore. I'm happy in who I am. I'm having the best time and he just does him. And I love, appreciate and inspired by that.
1: Yeah, I think there's always this idea that you have to be very similar and you have to do everything the same and you have to be on the same page about everything. But really, truly, that's not exactly the case. And if your partner has issues or problems, I think we always think that we have to dive in and fix them. But one thing I've learned through working with you is that if you try and do that, you're not allowing them the opportunity for growth themselves. So if we talk about the the idea that people think that they can fix their partner's problems, uh, let's go on that one. Tell me what you
0: think. <laughs> oh my goodness. This causes so much grief on so many levels. And it's not just partners. I'm consistently presented with people that, I mean, beautiful, beautiful clients that I love, adore, um, but their hearts are just so uh compromise because of their belief that they've got to fix all these other people and it's so depleting and so draining and your energy is so messy when that's your perspective because you're not able to maintain your own flow you're consistently living for the benefit of others and what generally happens is that there's this kind of identity that's created out of this which is this rescuer identity And people become really attached to it. And so it can be quite confronting when we have these conversations because I turn around to them and say, you know, when you've walked through really challenging periods of your life, when you've gone to those really dark places, which you've all done in certain times in certain ways, and you've had to navigate it for whatever reason, and you've come out the other side, what... Wasn't that so satisfying? Didn't you learn so much that you would never, ever, ever have learned about yourself had someone else stepped in and said, oh, no, 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 don't worry. I've got this. I'll fix everything. It's all
1: good. 100%. You would- it's right? It's almost like your failures can give you the, the best lessons in life.
0: Absolutely. They increase yeah. your capacity to understand yourself understand how powerful you are actually and I mean we're going to talk about this in the podcast where we talk about how to overcome fear but just to touch on it quickly just understanding that everything that's happening to us is of service to our growth we live in a world of contrast of dark and light of challenge and of ease and it's helping us discover the internal resources that we have consistently to expand And those experiences are catalyzed when something challenging comes along. When everything's super amazing, we're just coasting and we're like, yay, this is epic. And then something will come along, bang, out of nowhere in most cases. And we'll be really taken to one side because of it. But actually, we're then given the opportunity, provided no one rushes in to rescue us, to discover what we're capable of. Mm. So... In relationships, this can be super challenging. Like my husband and I both started our own businesses at the same time. We did not think that through. (laughs) It was super challenging. And what we discovered was that, you know, we would share our experiences to each other. And of course, with the best intentions, we'd then tell the other what they should or shouldn't be doing. But what that really did was continually reinforce the belief that the other person wasn't good enough. They were getting it wrong. He would tell me, you should be doing this, this, and this. And I'd think, oh, he's right. Why didn't I think of that? I'm not good enough. In the end, it got to a point where I'm like, thank you. I will take your you know, perspective on board. I'll consider it. And then I'll make a decision. Yeah. But I don't just take it. So exactly. yeah, it's just really interesting when you start to recognize that you have the ability to step back and let somebody else walk into a wall, drop off that cliff, literally move into their darkness because you know that it's actually going to give them the really beautiful gift of self-satisfaction, self-growth, self-expansion once they get there. All that I believe we need to do is actually say to them, I believe in you. I trust you. You've got this. You're going to find your way. You know, just hold that space for them if you like.
1: And, And that's a really hard thing to do if you if you're a bit of a problem solver, or you like to help others is just to allow them to have that space to grow. Because uh, especially if you feel like you're in a really good place, you have a tendency to want to rescue people. But I've, I've learned that Uh, everyone's going to have their own journey. And just because someone's struggling with an issue doesn't mean you can't be in a relationship with them. And like you said, a lot of the time, it's just saying like, I've got you, you will figure it out. Here's Here's my perspective, take it or leave it. But I think when people try to fix the problem, they're trying to control that person in the direction that they're going down. And I've been so guilty of doing that in the past. And I've had people try and do that to me in the past too, but um, I think one of the core um, lessons out of this is to really trust within yourself that eventually you'll get where you need to go. Um, but you you can't you if you get into the situation where you're constantly trying to fix each other's problems, I'm, I'm not sure that that creates the healthiest dynamic anyway.
0: No, because you're actually constantly reinforcing your not enoughness. You know, you're reinforcing that your partner doesn't know what they're doing when you keep telling them what they should be doing. Yeah. And that can be so disempowering. And that's actually, I see that a lot with um where where the woman in particular is very powerful um, and potentially a mom as well. Like they're balancing a lot of plates. and And I see this with men as well, right? It's just... High performing people in general can get to they slip into a space where the world rests on their shoulders. And um, I understand, obviously, that situations can create that belief. But what I end up doing with people like that is helping them start to receive primarily because by allowing people to help you, you actually um well it's healthier for starters it's better for your health but it also allows people around you to step up and take ownership for themselves you know and it can be good to step back you know i had one client in particular i remember and she was a single mum, and she was uh, really you know doing well in corporate and all the rest of it and doing a thousand things for a thousand different people she was everyone's good mate and she was there for her family etc etc and she broke her leg and and she literally could not was housebound and it was the best thing because what she said to me afterward was I didn't realize how much people cared about me Because she was so busy out there emptying her own cup for everyone around her. People didn't even have the opportunity to step up. She was all over it. Mm. And actually being forced to back off really helped her see how supported, how loved she really was. And she hasn't gone back into that paradigm, which is really, really wonderful, really great. Moving into um, understanding how to... Get that sense of your own value and really help yourself kind of move out of that non kind of or that really neediness energy and that kind of non-committent energy because non-commitment can be, you know, very symptomatic of that fear of thinking that you need a partner that's going to complete you. It can have the opposite effect of actually making you fearful of jumping into a relationship because you're worried that you're choosing the wrong person and therefore you're going to be broken for the rest of your life. And it's this constant emphasis on the partner bringing the party, basically.
1: Are you saying that people with commitment issues are, a, I don't love that term, but let's go with it, that they might be using that to self-protect themselves from, um, are they feeling like they're not enough on their own and that's why this fear of having a relationship is almost threatening?
0: Oh, completely. There are lots of people out there who worry about who they are and as soon as things look like they're going to get serious, they back off because they're worried that their partner is going to discover that there's nothing there, that they haven't really got much to offer, that they're not good enough. And so they, and it's my heartbreaking because they end up in this continuous loop of very shallow relationships that they inevitably know they're going to step away from because they don't feel secure enough in themselves to really embed themselves in, in the fear of being revealed, if you like, or um, exposed for not having the, the depth that they might have presented themselves as having
1: or the vulnerability because I think it takes a bit of vulnerability to when you meet someone to let your walls down and show them like this is who I am
0: well that's it that's exactly it and so and that's the bit that's really terrifying because you know it's it all comes back to the same thing which is actually your relationship with yourself and if we're constantly looking to our partner to make us feel good about ourselves, that's when we're always going to be in trouble. So Mm. the key to all of this is how to really start to recognize yourself and own who you are. And depending on where you're at with that right now, that's gonna be a a different journey for everybody. So for someone who might feel that they're really detached from that, massively self-critical, really constantly judging themselves or doubting themselves, it's just about actually deciding that you want to change that. You know, but how, do you,
1: how do you recognize that in the first place?
0: You know, one of the best ways to recognize it is how critical you are of others. If you're very critical of other people, the likelihood is that you're very critical of yourself. Because the way that we feel about ourselves is what we project onto the people around us. And so if people are terrified of you, likelihood is you're very terrifying to yourself. Right. And I find most people know when they're really tough on themselves because they're sabotaging themselves all the time. Mm. They're the people that always want to show up as perfect, that are really terrified of being exposed. And it's actually because they're just very, very critical of themselves. And so recognizing that this is something that you are challenged by seeing it as a journey that you're going to start rather than oh no I'm broken it's really important to observe things about ourselves so that we can start to make changes the journey I've been on has not happened overnight it has come from an awareness and then the desire to change something, and then the journey that's unfolded from that desire. It's like Alcoholics Anonymous recognizing you're an alcoholic is the first step. Like it's the same thing, it's just having that moment of clarity and awareness and deciding, oh, okay, I want to change my relationship with myself. I would like to actually learn what it is to really value myself because I am done with the list of broken relationships that I have behind me.
1: People. I guess people can do this if they're seeking a relationship, but also for people that have been in a relationship long-term that can recognise that they might have needy behaviour or they're critical on their partners or they're trying to rescue their partners or... Absolutely. um, Yeah, I mean, that's life, right? There are people that have been in relationships through that growth period. Um, So how do you recognise or shift that?
0: So taking ownership. That's the first thing. We each have a light side and a dark side. We have the parts of ourselves that we really like and appreciate and approve of. And we have the parts of ourselves that we dislike, that we are ashamed of, that we hide from the world. Instagram is filled with the qualities that we like and approve of. We don't show off the parts of ourselves that we don't like. We're busy trying to hide them. Okay, so... For example, I might be a nutritionist and I take great pride in eating really healthy food. So this is just an example. Say I'm in the supermarket and I'm going through and I'm picking all these really nutritious foods and I'm feeling really good about myself because this is all parts of my light side, which I approve of and I'm comfortable with and I'm happy to share with the world. The interesting thing is what we like about ourselves, we like about others. So I'm in that supermarket, I'm the nutritionist and I see somebody else and I see their basket and they've got all the same kind of food. Automatically, I'm predisposed to like that person. They've not said a word to me. They've not done anything for me. Yet I already feel a a connection with them. And that is because they are reflecting back at me, my light side. They are showing me and validating what I believe. On the flip side, we have our dark side, which is, as I said, all the parts we don't like. So say I'm that nutritionist again. I now and I'm walking through the aisles. Obviously, I'm not choosing all the things that I might really enjoy, but I know are going to make me unhealthy. This is um, a reflection of what I might have in my dark side. For example, if I have a real penchant for chocolate, but I don't choose it, it's like, no, 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 that's naughty. That's a dark side thing. That's like, I'm ashamed of that. If I see someone walking past me and their shopping bag is filled with food of like chocolate and popcorn and all You might that find yourself
1: that. being critical.
0: You're predisposed to judge them because yeah. what they're doing is showing you aspects of yourself you judge yourself for. So- What we do with others is constantly project our light and dark side onto them. In our relationships, that's really, really potent. So looking at your partner and seeing what you don't like about them, like writing a list, but not just, I don't like their genes, like (laughs) character traits, okay? So specifically, I don't like the way that they're really lazy. That's a good one. They're yeah. really lazy and that goes on the, the side I don't like. I do like that they're really loving, okay? Yeah. So these two things are going to tell you different things about yourself. It means that you feel you're lazy in some aspects of your life or it means that you're so hard on yourself that you never allow yourself to be lazy. It just depends where it sits with you, okay?
1: But it's- I, I actually, I remember years ago when I first started seeing you, uh when you made me do this challenge uh and I had to write down um people that were close to me what was challenging and what I loved about them so I spent some time filling this out and then you said now cross off all the names (laughs) and put your name and it's so it's pretty I I challenge anyone to do it because it's confronting but it actually says a lot so you're able then to interact with people a little bit differently or quite Mm. differently, actually, because um, you realise...
0: They're reflecting you.
1: Well, yeah, and it's not necessarily a bad thing. It can be great things. Like you might see um, someone's compassion and you feel that you're quite compassionate yourself or you might see someone that's being quite critical and that might reflect not necessarily in a bad thing you might feel that you're not a critical person and therefore it's a challenge for you to see that person as quite critical or whatever it might be but
0: it. it does so the interesting thing is when it sits in your dark side you either know that you have that quality and really dislike it in yourself or you're so um disapproving of it that you go out of your way not to be that way so when someone else is doing it flagrantly in front of you it's really triggering for you Mm -hmm. okay and so what we do want to do when it's that strong so say laziness is something you never you're never never lazy and yet you find it really triggering it's about how you can soften your relationship with that and that might be actively giving yourself time to relax more often So just seeing that the strength of your triggering, the strength of your resistance to someone else's behaviour is entirely dependent on the energy that you have around it within yourself.
1: And it's interesting because when you think about um, people that you're attracted to, say, in dating or the people that we're with in our lives, Mm. they really reflect the qualities that we either want or that we feel like we have
0: exactly so this is this whole soulmate thing I also really love doing this with clients who they like they come for a session like oh my god okay I've met them I've met the person and I'm like amazing and they turn around and say oh but they're just so amazing and I get so nervous around them or they're just a bit worried that they're not good enough you know this person is so mind-blowing and so what I ask them to do is write a list of all the things that they really love about this person, all the character traits that they really, 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 really love. And, and then I say to them, the reason that you're so drawn to this person is because they have attributes, they have characteristics that you really admire that you would like more of in yourself. And you think like, we all do this and we think that being with that person is going to make those attributes mine. It's yeah. like a, a osmosis. <laughs> If I lie next to them really tightly all night, it's going to move into my being. And actually, what it is, it's a really powerful opportunity for you to see what you really want to become, the attributes you really want to embody, the things that you're really inspired by. I had it happen with this beautiful client recently, and she was really in the corporate world. And she, yeah, she had this thing going with this guy who was like a musician, who's like so sexy and all (laughs) these things. And... And I said to her, what is it that, you know, what are the things you really like?" I love his creativity. I love his joyful for life. And I was like, great. Where are you creative in your life? Oh, oh not so creative. No, yeah. no, I have quite a regimented life. And I'm yeah. like, well, that's why you're so drawn to this. It's because it's an energy you want more of. So how can we shift that? What is the growth opportunity in this for you?
1: And that doesn't mean that she's being defined by her partner in that way. It's just it that she's seeking qualities of her partner.
0: It's all about her relationship with herself yeah. continually. That's the ongoing thing. It's always this, It always comes back to the same place. And the, re- the partner is always just going to reflect back at us where we're at, whether we're liking or disliking ourselves, essentially. And it's really interesting because we also have this... Um, kind of area where the part as you mentioned earlier your partner can be very different from you and a lot of people and I've had this experience with my partner we have you know I was spiritual and he wasn't and (laughs) and, you know this really bugged me for a long time I was like oh I don't know if we're the right fit you know I want to go and be you know with the hippies and you don't and and actually what it consistently gave us was opportunities to grow and expand in new ways if you're all same 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 then things can get boring and they can be beautiful too it's not you know black and white but it's don't worry about whether you guys don't have the same interests look for opportunities to create them you know like can you
1: give examples of how why that wasn't necessarily a bad thing
0: Yeah, because it meant that we had to be way more creative and really choose each other, you know, because he wants to go off and, you know, um, what does he likes to build things? And I have, you know, that's absolutely fine, but I just don't have an interest in that. Yeah, (laughs) I'd rather go and, you know, build a crystal grid out in the forest. (laughs) That doesn't remotely attract him. And so... We would come up with ideas that we both liked that we would then prioritize as things that we would do together. Yeah. And, and it did inevitably mean that like, I went and built. Um, not a hay house yeah like a hay house So like, you know when you out of like mud and wattle you wouldn't you actually can't, I have you know, no idea person. what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like no no actually you might not know what I mean um but anyway I made like it's I can't please forgive me this is not the right terminology but we basically like use hay and uh, sand and made cement and it was all a naturally made house and this is actually how we spent some of our honeymoon And it was super fun. I had a really great time. It's not something I would choose. It's not something that I would, you know, select, but it was really fun to be a part of and go and do. And likewise, he has come and done plant medicine with me. He has come along for the ride and we both visit each other's worlds, and we get new experiences and it makes us more interesting people. Otherwise, I would be down this tunnel of hippydom most of the time and being quite detached from reality. He keeps me very grounded. And you know, there must
1: be a part of you that's very attracted to that grounding side.
0: That's it, and there is. You know, I was in corporate for 15 years, so it's you know, I've that was my life. I've all of this has come to me over the last five years, and obviously, I had an upbringing that was that way inclined as well. But it's really if you decide to see it as a rich opportunity experience, that's what it will be, yeah you know, if you decide to see it as doom and gloom and the inevitable close of what was a nice relationship, then that's what it will be. And it's not that there's a wrong or right. It's just that there is always an empowering perspective if you choose to find one.
1: So what about for the people that are, let's go with the ones that are in a relationship or it actually, it also is relevant to those that think they might have met someone that have qualities that they think they can fix. So say, if you're in that yeah. place and you're yeah. thinking, yeah. Um, well, first of all, I have to say through my own experience, you can't fix anyone. It just,
0: well you, you can't.
1: <laughs> <laughs> just, my old relationship was a huge test of that. And mm-hmm. I think he was probably attracted to me because I had such strength in certain areas that he was seeking, but had his own demons but if if you're talking to someone who um thinks that they can fix their partner's problems or thinks that they or might see that they're um in that behavior how can they switch that how can they change that
0: um so there's a well the first thing is to pull back the first thing is to start prioritizing their own needs the first thing is to acknowledge that that's what's happening, and this can be really, really challenging for people, you know, especially mums um, who have really got embedded uh, relationships with their children and husband, whereby they're the ones that pick up everything. They're the ones that do everything. And that is a really big and confronting shift for them. and but it's not impossible. And it's actually about the in the mum in her particularly or the person themselves recognizing that changes need to be made and that they are open to making changes. And depending on what that looks like, the level of change will be made. Okay, so if they recognize that they're just depleted all the time, how can they ask for help? How can they allow people to support them? It's really about allowing themselves to receive. That's a big challenge because they're simply not used to it or they're absolutely convinced that things won't get done or if they do get done, they won't be to the level that they should get done. These things are possibly all true, okay? It's not going to go perfectly overnight necessarily, but allowing someone to start somewhere Allowing your husband or your wife to make dinner a couple of nights a week, whether it's, you know, eggs on toast, doesn't matter. At least allowing people to step up and, and support you is really the decision that needs to be made. Educating the people around you that you're willing to let them help. That's also What if,
1: what if they are the ones that need the help?
0: Well sorry the people around them
1: no say you're in a relationship with someone who has problems whether it's it could be a friendship relationship dating you, you think you want to go down that path but they've got issues how do you stop yourself from trying to fix their problems or
0: okay so if you're about to go into a relationship and you can already tell this person has problems Run. and that you're drawn to wanting to fix that person, I would suggest that you really question what it is that you want from this relationship. Or is it all about validating yourself as a rescuer? Because if that's what it's really, and that takes a lot of honesty, right? That's what I've just said right there. It can be really confronting for people. And It's about recognizing that you're always the common denominator. You're the one that's always having your own experience. So sure, you can spend your entire life being there to fix others if that's the life that you want. If that is not the life that you want, then the only person that can change that is you. Really ask yourself, do I deserve, because this is where it really sits, do I deserve to be loved? Do I deserve to be in an easy relationship? Do I deserve to be with a partner that knows exactly what they want, that can show up for me, that can be there for when I need their support? Because a rescuer often really struggles with the concept of their own worthiness, Mm. which is why they prefer to be in service. It's more comfortable. So it's about really brutal honesty with yourself. And looking at the relationships you've had in the past and asking yourself at which point do I want this dynamic or these dynamics to change? Because until I change myself, my relationships aren't going to change. You're always going to attract whatever energy you're putting out. And if you're putting out, I want to rescue, you're going to attract people that need to be rescued.
1: What if your common thought is I'm not good enough? What are you going to attract?
0: You're going to attract people that feel the same way. And that can manifest in all kinds of ways, generally addictions or workaholics, or because they either are trying to prove themselves worthy or they've given up and they're trying to forget that they don't feel worthy. So it's literally about understanding, it's just a constant opportunity to understand yourself more deeply by looking at the relationships
1: around you. We had a session a few weeks ago, and I remember something you said was that your dominant thought becomes your reality.
0: Oh yeah, that was a manifesting chat. Yeah,
1: <laughs> and I,
0: we'll dive into this more on another episode. But, but yeah, it,
1: it, it's the same in in our relationships true. because if 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 that's what you're thinking, that's what you're going to get back. Yeah, um,
0: and it's yeah, because you're manifesting it basically. Yeah. You're always manifesting the whole time, just in case you're not aware of that. Every single experience is a, a manifestation of you. Every single moment of every day you're manifesting. And so, yeah, if your dominant thought is I'm not worthy, then you're going to consistently have experiences that back that up. And so the key then is to start to find your worthiness. And as I was saying earlier, this doesn't happen overnight, but it does come from the desire to do it. So, literally, I remember when I decided to leave corporate, I stood at home and I looked myself in the mirror and I said to myself, I know I'm not happy. And I promise you, I will find a way for us to be happy. I promise you. I had no plan, I had no idea how. I didn't know any of the answers, but I knew what I wanted. And so if you're in a place where you know that you're not happy or that you want to change how you're showing up in a certain area of your life, the first thing you want to do is acknowledge yourself. Look in a mirror, say it to yourself. I know you're not happy. Don't worry. We're going to find our way. Put your hand on your heart and say to yourself, close your eyes, talk to your own heart and say, I'm here, I'm listening, and I want our relationship to change. I love using my heart. I love working with my heart. I love putting my hand on my heart if I'm unsure of something and just saying to myself, don't worry, you've got this. We're going to find our way. I love it when I don't know the answers because then I know I'm improving my trust with myself.
1: So, If you were going to give some takeaways to people from listening to this, say someone's struggling and, and they have rec- recognized that their partner, um, they're defining their partner as their other half. Hmm. What are some takeaways on how we can start to rejuvenate our relationships or tools to navigate through that once you've recognized that that might be the case?
0: So the first thing I would do is make the lists. Okay, so look at your partner and make one list of all the character traits you're attracted to. And then I'd make another list right next to it of all the character traits you find challenging. I then write my write like write a line through my partner's name because it's not about them. This is a reflection of you, and really honestly, look deeply at the character traits in front of you and ask, go through them systematically. And with every single one, ask yourself, where does this character trait show up for me in my life? On what level? And if it's something that's challenging, look for a growth opportunity, okay? Don't see it as, oh dear, I'm broken, let's wallow in this. That's not what this is about. You're on a journey to transformation, which means every single challenge that comes up, you want to seek an opportunity through it. If it's, um, they are a very jealous person, then ask yourself, where am I jealous in my life? What that is essentially going to probably boil down to is that you don't trust yourself, okay? So how can I help myself trust myself. Look for opportunities that you can create out of your challenges. Um, Equally, you want to start celebrating yourself. So looking at all the beautiful character traits that your partner has to offer and seeing where they sit in your life. I'm a really loving person to my children, to my friends and write something down that celebrates that. I really enjoy and appreciate my loving nature. That's a really beautiful affirmation right there that you can start saying to yourself over and over. The way you feel about yourself will start to change the more opportunities you create to celebrate yourself. The one other thing I would also say about rejuvenating your relationship is often people will come and say, oh, you know, it's just not working. Like it's, we've not had sex or, you know, whatever. It's like, things have got boring and the first thing i'll say to that person is well what do you want from your relationship what would you like oh well i would like them to spoil me you know so and so took his partner off to hawaii for a week you know my partner would never do that okay and when did you last take your partner to hawaii oh well i haven't a lot of the time a person will come with complaints about their relationship that they themselves aren't willing to show up in those ways in if that makes sense so It's always on us to take ownership of the things that we want to fix. So recognizing that if your partner is not writing you love notes, doing the dishes or, you know, helping around the house or whatever the things might be. Look at where you're showing up and really make an effort. If they're not affectionate, go and be really affectionate. If they aren't, you know, organizing date night, you organize date night, show them how it's done, take the initiative and do it and enjoy it. Allow yourself to enjoy the love that you're giving. When love becomes a gift rather than a currency, then it is something that can be divinely enjoyed, nurtured and appreciated. If we're constantly looking for the other person to give us something so that we can offer something in return, That is not a relationship that's going to last in any good way. When you can show up in your relationship with a genuine desire just to see them happy, joyful, and in love, then you're going to have a really great time.
1: I love that. (laughs) Love, 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 love. (laughs)
0: Yeah it's beautiful it's you know made a massive difference to my relationship like really taking ownership of how I want it to feel I actually on Valentine's I go and buy heaps of cards and then through the year I'll just like leave the odd one on his pillow or hide it somewhere so that he just got those little notes from me consistently remembering that he's loved appreciated and and I think it really helps to Bring that magic consistently into your relationship.
1: Well, also it also creates like a, a quite a bond, and mm. um, your partner feels really comfortable with where they stand with you. The the one about um, being loving, like if if people feel that they're not getting a lot of love back it's quite interesting when you say, you know, you've got to look at the energy that you're giving that person. And I think most of the time they'll find that they're probably not giving a loving energy to that partner. It's very hard to shift that if you're in that space. But if you do over time, you might find that you, the energy that you're giving out is what you're getting back.
0: It is. And you're right, it is hard. And it's not that we want to dismiss that. It's just, what are your alternatives? Keep going the way you are. You know, it's like, it's just about recognising how much power we have in our choices. And apathy, honestly, is the most destructive force. Apathy is what can really let things fall apart. And it's actually just taking ownership, taking responsibility and showing up in new ways, in brave ways that can really make the big changes. Yay. So I think that's more than enough. Uh, for people to mull over and enjoy if you have specific topics that you would like Kaz and I to discuss please send them in to hello at kwilson.love if you'd like to check out other episodes please go to www.kwilson.love and check out other podcasts they are also available on Apple as well as Stitcher and Spotify we look forward to seeing
1: you in the next episode Take Thanks care, guys. Bye. Bye.